coming up. Every day, I think about her at least 100,000 times a day. I mean, she's part of me. And I'm not going to give up. We still get tips weekly on the Cook case. Um, I'm the case agent, and I have six dedicated reserves that do nothing but Rachel Cook every single day. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. This is the route Rachel Cook took for her morning jog 18 years ago. Nature's Trail near her home, northwest of Georgetown. Jogging came naturally to Rachel, an accomplished cross-country runner, home for the holidays from her college classes in California. Vanished. Almost immediately, a search by volunteers, every square foot along that road, inside hidden places, by foot and by horseback. No sign of Rachel. We have just passed last month the 19-year mark, 19 years since a young woman when missing in Austin, Texas, near Austin, Texas, I should say. I'm joined by Jenny Lee. She's a reporter, anchor at KVU News in Austin. Jenny, what can you tell us about Rachel Cook before she went missing on that day? And I believe it was January 2002, right? Yeah, January 10th, 2002. Rachel was a college student visiting home from uh, during winter break. You know, she brought home her boyfriend to meet the parents and you know, she just went on a morning jog. It was just like any other day. She was a long-distance runner in high school, so there was not really a huge concern. She knew how to take care of herself, smart, clever girl, and that was it. She left all her belongings at home. She took a Walkman with her, and so when she didn't return home, no one was concerned. So, you know, even hours later, no one was really concerned. It wasn't until the next day that everyone uh became alarmed and Janet went to the school, went to her ex-fiance's home, went to her work and that's when uh, everyone started the search. And even when they called the authorities, Will, uh, and filed the missing persons report, that's not when authorities stepped in and started the search. Uh, It was a full 48 hours later when authorities started the search. But meantime, family, friends, even Texas EquiSearch came in and started the search for a a young woman to go jogging in broad daylight, not even at nighttime, uh, and and to vanish without, uh, into thin air is, is, is horrifying. And Jenny, I know you've been covering news in Austin for a while now, decades. Were you there when Rachel Cook vanished? Oh, yes. I cover this since the beginning, although not consistently, but this has been one of the more high-profile unsolved cases, missing persons cases. So I've met the family from the beginning, have kept contact with them, but this has haunted the Austin area for nearly two decades, Will. And when you cover a case like this for a long time, you get to know the family, and the mother has been pretty vocal in this one through the years too, right? Absolutely. You can't help but get to know the family. I mean, unfortunate circumstances, yes, but you talk to them. You get to know them. Uh, Will, I actually attended Robert's funeral back in 2014 when he passed, and yeah, it is just devastating to the family. It's I don't know how else to put it, gut-wrenching, that they don't know what happened to Rachel. I talked to Janet not that long ago, just a couple of days ago, and all she wants to know now is what happened to Rachel. So you mentioned 
as happens often in these cases, the first day or two, police might not get involved. They sometimes might have to assume that a child is taken off on his or her own or something else is going on, right? That's standard, right? It's just, and here's something that's funny. The current sheriff now, Mike Gleason, was working patrol back then. He took the call when Rachel disappeared. And when he called CID, Criminal Investigation Division, and said, hey, what do you want to do? And the guy said, hey, we'll just wait till Monday. You know, you can't say what would have happened then if they started searching on Saturday. But we do know that 48 hours was lost, and the family was upset about that. You know, they play the what-if game. You really shouldn't do that, but they play the what-if game. They, however, did start searching immediately. Jenny, fairly early on in this investigation after she went missing, there was actually this major development, but it turned out to be nothing, right? Yeah, there was a convicted murderer who came forward and actually confessed to killing and raping murder, uh, killing and raping Rachel. And the Williamson County Sheriff at the time said, hey, yeah, the the details do kind of match up. The district attorney at the time fell for it. And so they came up with a plea agreement. Everyone came into the courtroom. They marched him up before the judge. And when they asked this uh, person, this convicted murderer, he was already doing time for killing a pregnant Round Rock woman, by the way. When they asked him, how do you plea, he surprised everyone in the courtroom and said not guilty. So he was just playing with everyone's emotions. He wasted everyone's time. But he remains the only person to be charged in Rachel Cook's disappearance. Of course, it was, you know, making a false report. But he still remains to be the only person charged in this case. Right. So he's charged with the murder, but recants, and so those charges are dropped, but ends up with making a false report. Just terrible. Let me ask you about uh, her father. You mentioned going to his funeral. It was probably, I believe, around 12 years after she disappeared that her father passed away. I know that he spent those last 12 years of his life dedicated to searching for his daughter, right? He was dedicated in finding her, so much so that it ripped apart the family. Well, I think in most of these missing persons cases, it tears apart the family, right? Um, but he was very dedicated and almost tunnel vision in finding Rachel. Rachel Cook disappeared in January 2002 when she went for a jog in Georgetown. Her father, Robert, spent the rest of his life trying to find her. He died this morning surrounded by family and friends. He operated this website and for many years kept an online journal of his efforts to find her. It's basically like living in a nightmare. It's something like you wake up in the morning and you realize it's one of your worst fears is true. Wednesday, Cook died, leaving behind a memory of a man willing to do whatever it takes to find his beloved Rachel. He made a promise to her and he said, Rachel, I promise you that I'm not just going to sit in this chair and cry. I am going to find you and I will never stop looking. Anytime he wasn't working or with his family, that's what he was doing. This case is a bit unusual and that oftentimes uh, someone who's gone missing decades ago, you may hear something that, that 
comes up, and quite often these days DNA evidence appears. But there have been some developments over the years that have, it seemed like, spiked interest, curiosity, and certainly for the family, some real hope. There was a car at one point, 16 years after she disappeared, that was part of the investigation, right? Right. Back in 2017, a white train van was discovered in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, right? This was the same white car that was seen in the area driving around the same time Rachel disappeared. So there was a lot of hope that was given to the family. And so, yes, they 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 found the car, and then um, I think they also found some DNA. The investigation into the disappearance of Rachel Cook is taking a new hopeful turn after the discovery of a white Pontiac Trans Am that is tied to the case. That car has been brought back to Williamson County, where FBI forensics experts are now trying to determine what evidence can be gained from it 16 years later. I want to welcome in Tony Plahetsky. And Tony, you broke this development yesterday. And Chris, so many people have been asking me since, well, is this that big of a deal? Well, investigators are clear. This is the first major development in this case in years. And even if nothing is found, detectives can stop looking for the car and turn their energy to something else. We were at an impound lot this morning when the car arrived covered by a blue tarp. It was found in Dallas after authorities got a tip, but Sheriff Robert Chody would not say exactly how investigators found this car. A tarp-covered car in the hands of Williamson County detectives that could hold DNA clues about Rachel's disappearance. According to investigators, a car recovered in Dallas and connected to several persons of interest, part of a larger investigation that's still underway. Unfortunately, nothing, they couldn't find anything uh, worthy of that. They uh, tested what they thought was blood, but the results were inconclusive, Will, because I just talked to investigators again, and they're going to retest it. We do have a new sheriff in town, and the cold case unit now has the entire support, the support of the entire CID, the entire criminal investigation division. So now they're going to retest with new DNA technology. And when you talk about that new sheriff and sort of a renewed focus on this case, is that the latest update in terms of the investigation or is there anything else going on? So there has been a new uh, person of interest that on January 10th, 2021, they released um, some information. They're looking for a white male whom they believe knew Rachel at the time, lived in Georgetown, may have run around with her, was an acquaintance. And so they're looking for him. They believe that he may have um, talked about what happened to her in a third-person sense and that he traveled to multiple Texas cities like Amarillo and Concho City. So Amarillo is about a seven-and-a-half-mile drive. It's in the panhandle. Concho City, uh, Concho County, excuse me, is about a three-hour drive west of Austin. So they want to talk to this guy, and they want to talk to the people who may have heard this guy's story. And so since uh, since January 10th, 2021, they've received 25 new tips. So that's a good sign, Will. You know, they've combed through, the cold case units combed through more than 2,000 tips. And the, in this case file, Will, they have a lot of people, but they want to eliminate this one particular person. This guy's been popping up 
uh, frequently. So they just would like to speak to this guy, but they also want to talk to the people that he may have told this Rachel Cook story to because they know that he may have may have gone to high school with Rachel, but they know that he lived in Georgetown at the time, and they're hoping for more tips to come in because there's a $50,000 reward for any information leading to her disappearance and a $50,000 reward for a conviction in this case. And can you tell us anything more about this story that he's talking about, or is police not elaborated on that yet? So here's what's important to remember. They know a lot of information that they're holding close to their vest, and they want to keep that information close to the vest because there are details, obviously, that only the killer knows. So it's important that they keep things as vague as possible. They've known a lot of details for 19 years, and they don't want to give, make a mistake now. Jenny, we talk about a lot of cases of people who vanished a long time ago or, you know, four or five, ten years ago, and you don't always have this renewed focus, this interest and in, in new developments that are happening. This one, uh, you, you kind of feel like things are, are happening, and we hope to hear some news about this one sometime, you know, sooner than later. Absolutely. Um, and just, it just happened during the week of her anniversary. And so there's renewed energy with the changing of the guard to Williamson County that adds to that renewed energy. Everyone is cautiously optimistic that Rachel will be found soon. No one more than Janet Cook and her family. You know, she obviously traumatized and wants to find her daughter, but things have been made worse for her because of the pandemic. She can't see her other daughter. And so really for the family, and that's obviously the investigator's goal, not only to solve the case, but to give the family peace. She was just a light that shone so brightly, very loving, very caring. And for somebody to take that from this community, it's not right. It's not right. And at this point, I just want closure. Nothing's going to take and bring back all the years, the 18 years that I've been without her. Jenny Lee at KVU News in Austin, Texas. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us about this case. Sure. Thank you, Will, for doing this. Thanks for listening to The Daily Crime. We're here every weekday, Monday through Friday. Be sure to subscribe to the show and give us a great review if you like what you hear. And if you'd like to learn more about the show and Vault Studios, check out our Facebook group, Inside the Crime Vault.